wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everybody. It's another week of Buy Here, Pay Here business. It is. It is. Um, It's going to be a beautiful week of Buy Here, Pay Here business. So, because it just always, you know, it's Monday and, you know, your your attitude starts the week. So, it's going to be a great week of Buy Here, Pay Here business. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I hope that uh, all of you mothers out there had a lovely Mother's yeah. Day. Um, it was it was delightful here. Had a lot mm-hmm. of family over, and it was just so nice. I mm-hmm. I'm I'm a real lover of uh, lover. I'm a lover of spending time with family, making sure. memories. So, it was yeah, uh, it yeah, was, it was a wonderful um, weekend all together. Got a few things done around the house, and yeah. uh, but we do we do love our mothers and we mm-hmm. are glad to have the opportunity to honor them Absolutely. on occasion, including this one. She's, yeah, she's great. Mom. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we got uh, a couple of things to mm-hmm. uh, remind everyone next week is uh, compliance unleashed yeah. in Fort Worth. Um, and that's, that's a worthwhile um, uh, conference to go to. Uh, and it's not just boring compliance stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Levine tells us that's about um, helping dealers learn to protect their assets. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> and, you've got to be yeah. sure yeah, to yeah. get yourself there and learn uh, all the stuff, not just uh, yeah. regulatory compliance. So, yeah. so many of you will uh, be there. We had kind of hoped to go, but it's not going to work out for us yeah. to get there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Any other announcements? Uh, oh, we, you know, we didn't make a very big deal last week about the fact that we we marked one full year yep. of the morning show. Yep. Uh, that was the 11th of May. And last we year. have, we collectively have not missed a single Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. I have a few, but <laughs> yeah. uh, um, Jim has uh, been so gracious to bring on a guest host or whatever on the times that I'm yeah. not able to make it, but, uh, a full year. I yeah. feel like that's, that's something that is, is pretty, um, pretty, it's, it's a good reason to celebrate. Sure. Yeah. And the other thing I think that happened is we got an invitation to speak and uh, bring the morning show to the Arizona conference. They've mm-hmm. got that coming up in August. So we'll get you information yeah. on those soon. Yeah, we did that last year. It yeah. was a great, Good great group of people. Group, yeah. Great yeah. group of people. So we're looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. Shall we dive into our repo topic? Let's dive. So let's remind everybody, the month of May, we're focused on collections. So we're going to continue that theme today. We've got some uh, speakers lined up. We've got Maggie Pagesic coming on Friday to talk to us about collection phone mm-hmm. calls. And then uh, we've got some other um, guests in, in the wings uh, for the coming weeks here on collections. So, uh, so join us if you're able. For mm-hmm. today, we want to talk about repos and when is the right time to pull the trigger. Yeah. So when when can we be sure, and I'm saying 110% sure, mm-hmm. that we've done everything, it's time to move toward repossession. And this is, this is probably um, one of the most, I mean, it's one of the more important decisions. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of how you underwrite a, a, a deal, this is, it's a, it's a big decision. I yeah. mean, you're deciding to, to, um, stop a relationship. And, yeah. And, and, I, and I might explain for those who've been tuning in regularly so far this month, this is a little bit out of order. Like there's quite a lot more stuff obviously to talk about before we jump to repossession, but, um, we moved here because of availability of certain guests. And so uh, it's a little out of order, but for today, we'll just talk about how to, how to make that judgment and what really comes into play. And before we talk about repos, first of all, we have to recognize that the repossession rules um, can mm-hmm. vary by state. 
like what you're required to do to notify the customer before you repossess can vary. Um, so you're going to have to refer to your own local laws around this stuff for today. We're not trying to be attorneys. We're not attorneys, so we can't give you legal mm -hmm. advice. We're just here to talk about from business practice standpoint, what are the things we need to know as collection supervisors, as dealers, uh, before we take that serious action? Because, you know, when we go out and do a repossession, that's mm -hmm. such a, an upsetting Mm. Um, experience. There's a whole lot of things at play when that happens. And so we just need to be careful to not be making snap judgments mm -hmm. and, and or judgments based on incomplete information, you know, yeah. and so that puts us in a difficult spot when we do something as serious as a repossession and we get something wrong on that. And that, yeah. that's potentially puts us in a bad place. You know, and I, I just want to say something outside. I'm the newbie mm -hmm. and um, it's, it's disturbing and it feels a little bit predatory when people proceed with a repossession with any sense of glee. Oh, that's true. Good point. And, and, you know, like it's, it really should be something that I, from, from a, um, a consumer's standpoint of please don't make me do this, please don't. And, and it breaks my heart that I had to do this. You mean, you mean as a dealer, you don't want to have to take that tone. You well, want to take it's, that position it's, with it's, it's, it's from, um, observing okay. oh, um, I see. as a consumer observing, it's just, it's, it's disturbing when I see a sense of glee about repossessions. Yeah. For me, when I see that, when you see people kind of celebrating, mm -hmm. um, you know, repossession, that tells me one that we're either, we, we have a, maybe a flawed strategy or mm -hmm. we're taking the thing way too personally. Like, it's like when you're celebrating and, and look, we, we, we get it. Customers can be frustrating and they can, they can do deceptive things and mm -hmm. it can be, you know, really frustrating. But I think it's still something that we want to be watchful about because as we always talk about, those things really come from the top down. So as, as a dealer, if we're, you know, mm -hmm. celebrating I, those things. And I, and I think though, that like from, uh, <laughs> one of the things that, that, we've learned and and i've i've been told this through a lot of different business coaches and and all of that is that anything you put out there in social media lives in social media it's yeah. you can't you can't make it disappear and so when there are comments or um, social media posts or whatever that take a, a stance of we triumphed or glee or anything like that through the repossession process mm -hmm. that is i i think that that's something that we just need to really be careful of about what whatever we're putting out there. Um, uh, regardless, I, it's just if it's in social media, then it's accessible. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, obviously any of these kind of topics, there mm -hmm. are exceptions and there are rules. Mm -hmm. And we always just try to focus on the rules because, you know, we can't we can't go through every possible scenario that is an exception, a True. problem customer, a customer that's skipping on you. Mm -hmm. You know, even though it feels like it consumes a lot of our day sometimes, the reality is those are still the exceptions. You know, that's still not the case most of the time. So as yeah. a result, it's just important for us to recognize there are things that we can monitor to make sure and, and I'm really just speaking primarily to dealers today, mm -hmm. but listen, we, we recognize that our audience is mostly dealers, probably some, certainly some industry people, um, 
some managers perhaps, but there's no reason a consumer couldn't hear the, the stuff we're broadcasting it goes mm -hmm. out on YouTube. It goes mm -hmm. everywhere. And so it's really a question of, and we're okay with that. Like it's, we're being transparent. We're trying to make sure that if I were a dealer, I would want to know. And of course I've been a dealer and had to make these kind of decisions. And I always asked new dealers, new clients of ours to, to say, think about if, if you get to the place where you have to repossess, mm -hmm. you want to know that you, to sleep well at night, you want to know that you've done everything mm -hmm. reasonable to give the customer an opportunity to be successful. Yeah. And of course there will come a point sometimes where we have to move to repossession, but I'm simply saying there are some things that I, I don't hear people talk about enough. And so I want to make sure we get those covered today. When I think about, again, just from a business practice standpoint, yeah. what are the things that potentially cause a, an ugly scenario that, you know, we'd like to avoid. So for me, one of the things we want to talk about was providing a repo checklist. Okay. So a pre-repo checklist, like this is the things that we would go through as a collection supervisor or dealer before ordering the repossession. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that it's not just something, well, what do you think? Well, what do you think? It's like, do they, is, are all of these things, have they been checked off? Right. And so it, it, it also, you know, uh, like I said, not attorneys, compliance, all of that. But if you have things that are um, a process mm -hmm. and you're abiding by the process every single time, it closes a lot of loops. That, uh, yeah. Some of you are going to say, I've already got a repo checklist, Jim. I'm going to suggest to you that I may offer you one or two things that belong on that checklist mm -hmm. that, that you don't have on there. So mm -hmm. let's kind of go through them. The first thing would be obvious. We should not repossess unless the customer is past due. Okay. So people say, well, that's pretty obvious. Well, you can, uh, there are scenarios and mm -hmm. I don't want to go through them today, but there are scenarios where you might choose to repossess even when the account is current. But again, that's an exception. We don't need to spend a lot of time there mm -hmm. today. So we're just dealing with those situations where the customer is past due. So, and you'll say, well, that seems fairly straightforward and obvious. Okay. Well, if the, if you started this process on Friday and then you came in and want to finish the repo checklist on Monday and the customer paid online on Sunday night, are you, you know, are we certain have we re-verified that the customer is past due at the time that we re that we order this repossession? So that's step one. Then the next one is, has the customer ever been this past due before? Okay. So let's think about why. Okay. Let's yeah, think about why? the significance of that one, because this is where just basic enforcement of accounts. This is why I say, let's not let customers get too far past due because if, if we're now repossessing a customer at 17 pa days past due, but their history, you go to their ledger in their account and look at their summary and you find that you've allowed them to pay 23 days past due in the past, and now you're repossessing at 17 days. Again, not an attorney over here, but do I need to be an attorney to say that I feel if I'm the consumer, I got a problem. If you allowed me to pay 23 days past due before, and now you're repossessing me at 17 days, what's going on? Like, is that because you had a management change? You mm -hmm. got a new collector in there. Yeah. You're just tired of me running past due. And so now you're going to change practices because 
uh, as a non-attorney, I can tell you, you know, from a pure business standpoint, take it outside the buyer payer business. If I'm going to change practices, I've been, I've been managing your account in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to change the way that I manage your account. I'm going to change my enforcement practices. I really have an obligation to notify you. Mm-hmm. Just, I have an obligation, a business obligation. Forget the legal part. I'm just saying it's in fairness. I oh, need yeah. to let you know if I'm changing practices on you. Uh, yeah. Right. Email. So it's like, this yeah. is part of the ones that I think, I don't see it on very many repo checklists. Well, let me ask you something here too. Cause you know, we're talking about, um, uh, you, they're on the repo checklist for Monday, but they paid Sunday. Um, you know, that's like a weekend thing that, so, um, yeah, but if they, if, if they're on the repo checklist for Monday and they call Monday to make arrangements that, I mean, what, what does, how does communication with the customer weigh into this? It's important. Like it's, it's, I mean, are we, are we mostly looking at, um, I'm going to repossess. There's been no communication. Generally speaking. Well, when you say no communication, how long has it been since the last communication? There's probably been some communication. Sometimes the communication is one way. So let's think about it in terms of what, what is the last meaningful dialogue we had with the customer? What information do we have from that conversation that, um, you know, that we can go on? Mm-hmm. And most times repossessions are going to move forward because the customer has failed to communicate. They've either failed to, to follow through on some understanding. Maybe it was a verbal understanding, which by the way, just we'll talk about that, but let's stay away from verbal. I mean, I know big collection departments, big teams running big queues. You know, you're not going to, I'm just telling you, if, if you get into a, he said, she said, and you repossess somebody's car and no, I said Friday after, you know, cause I get paid every other Friday. And so I promised, you know, a Friday, the next the 24th, Friday, not mm-hmm. the 17th. I just don't want to be in a, he said, she said situation. I'd rather have that thing in writing every time. And so today's day and age with it's digital so signatures, mm-hmm. it's so easy to shoot out something and let's make sure we've got an understanding here. And it's also easier to say, to tell the customer, we do not have an understanding until I have your signature on this. This is, you know, mm-hmm. we just don't accept verbal. So mm-hmm. if I have that practice from the beginning, that's one thing we're kind of getting off track a little bit. It's like, <laughs> whatever the language is, whatever the understanding is, we're probably enforcing the, and you're probably just acting because the communication has dropped off. Yeah. Okay. So that means that I would want to show, and this is another thing that I don't find on very many repo checklists, because I'm not sure people understand the impact of this. When we look at an account, what record do we have? The, the counts now 24 days past due, most it's ever been past due, fine. We're, we're, we can act based on that. But in that 24 days, what does the record show? Not what the collector told me verbally. What does mm-hmm. the account record show in terms of phone calls? We made a phone call to the Emails, customer. We left a voicemail. Text. And yeah. what's the, what does it tell us? You know, hopefully some people are using systems that are pretty capable and recording the phone calls or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying this, who's ever ordering that repossession dealer collection supervisor needs to look very carefully mm-hmm. at that log of activity since the customer became past due what effort have we made even the unsuccessful efforts what effort have we made what can we show that we have done to 
give that customer every opportunity to communicate with us and resolve this d- delinquency. Okay? So what I'm, I'm, I'm like looking at this list, it's, are they delinquent? Have they ever been more delinquent? Mm-hmm. Um, are, do you, is it within your written policy? Right. Um, which also says that there should be like a written policy sure. and then have you have, are there sufficient record or uh, um, are there efforts logged? I right. mean, what, what has been, um, and, and I get, one of the things I get from that is if, if it's like, well, it's 16 days past due, um, there hasn't been any communication, but we've tried once yeah. to yeah. reach out to them. It's like, no. Yeah. But, yeah. And so I'm just saying, if I'm the collection supervisor and the, and the collector sitting there saying, I've called them four times in the last three days, but there's only one phone call logged in the system, that's a problem. And so let's make mm-hmm. sure that we sound like we got a problem that we need to address with a collector, not the customer, perhaps, because this is where we get ourselves in trouble by taking such a serious action based mm-hmm. on this. Is why I call it incomplete information. Yeah, It's like if, you, if we don't log it and, and we hope our system logs it, but if a system doesn't capture outbound text messages, doesn't capture responses from customers, you know, doesn't capture the, the record, any outbound phone calls, any of that stuff, then, then we have to log it ourselves. And yeah. there are a lot of systems out there that require that. Like yeah. they, they're going to require us to go in and manually log, made a phone call, send mm-hmm. a text message, whatever. I'm just saying that the system, this is where I think a collector needs to do a, or a collection supervisor or dealer needs to make a thorough look through what does the record show? Do we really have a good track record yeah. of communicating with this customer? Because if we are basically in a place where we are acting and we don't have the same log, like we haven't given the customer every effort, we haven't, we haven't made them aware of ways to resolve this, mm-hmm. then, you know, we, we just need to look at the thing and, and say, you know, what is, what is reasonable? Have we, have we tried email? I mean, what can we do? Obviously, whatever we do, we need to be compliant. We got to stay within the rules of, of compliance mm-hmm. on collections. And Maggie will talk to us more about that on Friday, about the, how that works on the mm-hmm. phone call side. But it's like, just irrespective of that, just make sure that we have an ample log to say, look, anybody who looks at this would say, We've made every, every effort, effort, text messages, phone calls, you know, whatever. Yeah, we talked Friday too. Bill was on the show. Um, Bill Elizondo, who's the uh, the lead, the senior 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 um, twenty group moderator for NIADA, and um, we were you know kind of talking about uh, uh, communication and and all of that. And and one of the things that we we collectively were like, yeah, that's a, a uh, that's a pretty decent idea is if, if your CRM has the capability of sending video, like a little video message, you can have a whole library of video messages from the collector to the collection supervisor, to the dealer themselves of, of like, please reach out to us, you know, yeah. or, or whatever. So there's, you know, that's, that's a really, I think, uh, uh, people are, uh, I think when, when they know that they don't have the ability to pay are more likely to listen to a, re- a message mm-hmm. or watch a video than they are to answer a phone call. Yeah. A lot of times. And, and I think we never expect to end up in this situation, mm-hmm. but fast forward, imagine that you repossess a customer's car today and three months from now you're in court justifying mm-hmm. your action because your customer, you know, hired an attorney, got some sort of action 
And now we're having to defend our practice. So I think for me, if I, if I were a dealer and Steve Levine were my attorney, I would be trying to give Steve Levine all of the ammunition that he might need to defend me in that situation. And for, and a part of that for me goes to goodwill and intent. And while Steve, you know, said so much in our tote to note podcast and when he came visit on the morning show a while back that those things can come into play when you can demonstrate some goodwill. So the video in my mind, obviously it needs to be compliant. It needs to not compromise anybody's. So anyone so, could see it, but it's just like a, it's a, so it's not, you're late. Yeah. It's like, please reach out. We, you know, we need to. Um, and it's going to be viewed the same way that anybody would listen to a voicemail. They would watch the video. So it's going to be similar mm -hmm. in terms of the mm -hmm. compliance element, but it's like, I think what you can accomplish there is tone and the look on your face. And the, and so this is what I mean by goodwill, right. Mm -hmm. And showing some goodwill and some effort uh, to, uh, to bring a good faith attitude to the thing. And we're, we're trying over here mm -hmm. to resolve it. And so I think if I can show that video, Hey, we, Hey, your honor, look at this. We sent this, this video to the mm -hmm. customer at one day late. We sent it again on seven days late. We sent this video, you know? And so judge, we're looking at it and say, why didn't you call them? Yeah. <laughs> why didn't you call them? I yeah. mean, they're clearly over here trying to trying. trying to resolve and, the thing. Yeah. And so I think that's the case yeah. that you're trying to make before you move toward repossession, because it's just so serious. It's just the, the impact and, and, we're going to do, I didn't even told you yet. One of the other topics that we want to bring for the end of the month, she just smiles because I do that to her. But All the time. we, because <laughs> I have these ideas at 6 a.m. So I put them in my notes. Thank but you for not waking me up. I can start. Yeah. Hey, I had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to talk about um, belongings and repossession. Oh, that's, I, did you see my yeah. little note here? Yeah. Cause um, I, I, I agree. Cause there's, we, when we do coaching, um, there are a few things that we, uh, we really encourage dealerships to, to do that, um, are part of, uh, not necessarily the closing, but, um, yeah. that are part of the experience yeah. of being in the dealership. So, yeah. So we'll talk about that because there are some real vulnerabilities around, um, repossessions and the belongings that are in the vehicle. Mm -hmm. So we, we want to talk about that one specifically in a kind of a post repo scenario, mm -hmm. but we're going to come back uh, before the close of May and talk more about how to manage accounts day to day. We've got some guests coming who can help us kind of mm -hmm. walk through that. So we want to walk through the day to day yeah. account management and how to best, uh, you know, get customers resolved quickly, get some sort of understanding in place. We also probably need to talk about, um, partial payments because you saw that that post went out we did a poll uh, a week mm -hmm. and a half or so ago mm -hmm. on uh, on one of the facebook groups who does partial payments and it was it was predominantly we yeah. do partial payments there were very few that said nope no partial payments yeah and so if anybody hears this and you're a dealer who's on one side or that or the other and you'd like to talk about it join us because i think it'd be fun to have dealers from both camps um you know in a conversation around that mm -hmm. because well, i really just want to understand what how did you, how, if you're a dealer who does not accept partial payments, how did you arrive at that policy and why, mm -hmm. why, um, why, why, like, why just mm -hmm. choose to take that position? I just want to hear it from some, where, yeah. where'd that information come from and what, how is it that you believe that that serves you? And so, so we just want to hear from yeah. it. And one of the beautiful things about us meeting so many different dealers is, um, in a lot of ways, there's no hard and fast. This is the right way. This is the wrong way. Cause different things work for different people. Um, and 
It just, mm-hmm. it depends on some of the the questions that we typically ask. It's like, well, how do you want to be known in your community? Um, well, you know, what, mm-hmm. what kind of relationship do you want to have with your customer? Well, and, and so you take them through those filters and it's like, and, and having a really hard stance can really work for someone having a, a more flexible stance. And I think that when, um, I, we've been working with a, a client um, and putting together uh, a new job description for collectors and um, pay plan and job description. And one of the things that Jim always puts in a collection description is the term bend without breaking and that it's it's being flexible enough without breaking. It's the approach that we recommend, mm-hmm. but that's obviously wrapped up in a lot of the, mm-hmm. you know, what we call the white hat teachings. Yes. It's like, it, it has a lot to do with playing a long game and all these kind of things like they're they're but I'm not discounting anybody else's strategy. I'm yeah. just saying we recommend that because we recommend a long-term approach and we feel like that's, um, you know, a way to, to have long-term success. Yeah. So there are things like that. We recognize business practices are going to vary. People's strategy varies and you know, how they choose to operate as a business is one of the beautiful things about buy here, fair. We get to do that. I just, I personally, I would like to see, you know, if, if this is, um, exaggerated, but if you're a dealer who says we never accept partial payments and we always repossess when the account becomes eight days past due, well, are, I would hope you at least tell the customer that before they sign the contract and take delivery. Just you know, like communicate to them so what your they, expectations they, uh, yeah, are. Yeah, very, and communicate that when, yeah, so that they can make a choice. I I sign up for that or I don't sign up for that. Like you know, just let them know what what the practice is, and uh, so I think before they step into the contract that you know, in fairness, instead of just hitting them with it, you know, yeah. at day eight, yeah. uh, I think you have to you know kind of give them some some understanding of how to avoid repossession. So so yeah. there's a ton. I think you know we can probably wrap up there, Michelle. I think it's there's there's so much more to talk about. Mm-hmm. We we certainly want to come back and talk about some of the things around. Like I also want to make sure we work in by the close of the month this thing about how to manage GPS. Oh yeah. Who can have access to GPS information and and how mm-hmm. to use that information without making it personal. Like I just, I've seen so many collectors have access to that and they, they let it get personal and it affects mm-hmm. decision-making. And so uh, we just, just gotta, uh, gotta think about yeah, that. It's like, yeah, I've been watching and, and they're, they're at this place yeah. or they're and, and yeah, it's like, yeah. and it's supposed to be broken down, but they're moving all over town. It's like, yeah. okay, it's, yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's beside the point. It's kind of really, it's, first of all, who should have access to that information? Yeah, like absolutely. We've got to be careful about that. But anyway, we'll cover yeah. that one on another day. But yeah, we should wrap up. For okay, today. Well, I a think- couple of things before we go. Um, first, uh, if you are watching us through YouTube, um, please like and subscribe yeah, to please. the station. And then, um, you know, we've, we've talked last month a little bit about cash flow modeling and uh, cash flow forecasting and um and just want to let you know that you know we do take uh appointments we uh, we're accepting new clients for that um and that is uh something it's usually two to three sessions um an hour and a half a piece and it really can be such a valuable tool for any of you, if you're thinking about uh, um, growing, uh, extending your line of credit, um, or if you're just brand new and kind of want to get an idea about how do I um, how do I really rein in how I'm spending and what can I what can I project? Yeah. And so 
um, that's something that we do. And like I said, we, we, uh, are currently taking, um, appointments for that. And then let me go ahead and put this up here. So if, if that's something that you would like to do, um, please give us a call, uh, 903-816-0216. Um, that's Jim's cell phone number. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would, we give it out. <laughs> I would tell people on the cash flow modeling, like uh -huh. I would say, if you, we, if you're a vendor mm -hmm. listening and you bump mm -hmm. into a dealer who's needing that kind of help early on, yeah. I, I, don't, I think most of our dealers would say that the $400 they spent on cash flow modeling mm -hmm. was the smartest $400 they could have spent mm -hmm. in terms of knowing kind of what it was going to take to capitalize either yeah. if they're brand new and they're trying to figure out how much cash is going to take and when would I get, get cash positive. Those are things that are helpful. And then for established dealers too, that mm -hmm. we constantly see them, you know, get surprised in what the calculations uh, Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, it's helpful to have that. Yeah. So uh, if that's something that you're interested in doing, please give us a call or text us at 903-816-0216. And we in the can meantime, get that set as up. As I said, you've got my phone number, so you can text me funny <laughs> memes. So I love the remember, funny remember memes. Remember we talked about cats? Not I, cats. Scott, Scott, Scott Shumrell within seconds Michelle, said the cat. Michelle says, Jim like cat. No, he I don't, doesn't I don't like cats. Cat. I just, he likes, he likes uh, humor, like funny, from memes. funny memes. Yeah. Just funny memes. Funny so, memes. all right, guys, have yourself a great Monday. Thanks so much for joining us and we will see you on Wednesday. Wednesday. Have see a great you. day guys.